0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? On today's show, a very serious situation unfolding with one of the best players in SEC hoops this season. What does it mean for Alabama basketball? Also, shortening college football games. Are you serious? Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC. Your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at lockedonsec.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right around the conference and we start with the biggest story coming out on tuesday darius miles and michael davis both currently being held at the tuscaloosa county jail following a fatal shooting back in january you guys know about that story we talked about it when it came out miles was removed from the alabama basketball team after his arrest and subsequent charge of capital murder well on tuesday some new details emerged involving Alabama star freshman Brandon Miller. This coming from the Tuscaloosa News. An investigator testified in court that Miles exchanged the gun used in the shooting while riding in the back of Miller's vehicle. According to AL.com, Miller actually brought the gun to Miles. That's Alabama's freshman basketball standout Brandon Miller reportedly brought the gun used on the Tuscaloosa strip killing uh, the 23-year-old mother that led to the capital murder charge against Darius Miles. Miles texted Miller to bring his gun to where they were, according to police. When Brandon Miller got to the scene, Miles told Davis, the heat is in the hat, according to uh, the uh, officer's testimony. According to AL.com, freshman Jaden Bradley was also present on the night of the fatal shooting. Alabama head coach Nate Oates issued a statement On this new information, saying that Miller and the Crimson Tide have been cooperating with investigators and Miller has not been charged with any crimes at the time. AL.com's story says the Tuscaloosa police were asked why Miller was not charged in the shooting. Uh, Tuscaloosa Chief Deputy DA Paula Whitley said, that's not a question I can answer. There's nothing we could charge him with, according to the law the alabama men's basketball team they are set to take on uh south carolina wednesday night and just a lot of questions come up with this uh nate oates is getting a lot of heat saying wait a minute one of your best players is involved here in fact provided the weapon there are some alabama fans who i've seen defending their player, saying well look it was just it was the other guy's gun, it just happened to be at Brandon Miller's house, and so he was just giving it back to him. He didn't know he was going to kill anybody. It's just not a great look on any sense of the word. And when you talk about what Brandon Miller has meant to this Alabama team this year, averaging almost 19 points per game, eight rebounds, close to two assists, he has been Alabama's best player. And when you look at some of the mock drafts, you know, NBA draft.net has Brandon Miller projected to go third overall in this year's draft. This is a kid with a bright, bright future, very talented, It's a big five-star freshman, and has been one of the stars of the SEC this season. A big reason why Alabama is sitting there, you know, as the top two team in the country and sitting there with a 23-4 and record and a 13-1 SEC record. But what does this mean for Alabama basketball as they finish out the season? Four games remain, and then they'll play the SEC tournament. They'll have the NCAA tournament. There's a lot of speculation on, you know, should Nate Oates suspend a bunch of these guys until more clarity is brought about the situation? Uh, There are some people saying that Nate Oates should be suspended for not having full control of his basketball team with something – Uh, So heinous happening here. There's a lot of wrinkles here. And we're going to have to find out, uh, you know, what exactly is going on. But again, as of this time, Brandon Miller not charged. And Crimson Tide coach Nate Oates said that the program had been aware of Miller's alleged link to the case. And uh, the chief deputy, uh, Tuscaloosa district attorney, said there's nothing we could charge Miller with. Even though... You know, for just going off facts, the gun was provided from Miller. Now, again, did we get hung up in this was the other guy's gun? He was just giving it back to him, didn't know what he was going to do with do it with. But, again, Oates said that the program has been fully cooperating with law enforcement the entire time. He said, uh, and this was Nate Oates' quote, which he's getting under, uh, under fire for this quote, saying, Can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. Again, leading scorer for the number two-ranked Crimson Tide. Does this affect their season? Does this affect the team moving forward? Um, I don't know. It's not a good look, and I understand people that are upset over it. I understand people who are calling for... Um, you know indefinite suspensions just saying hey let's wait till we get more details of this case coming out but again also understand that you know Alabama faithful may say, say look they've been cooperating this whole time yes the public is just now finding out these details about Brandon Miller somewhat being involved here but apparently everybody involved knew about has known about that for weeks it's just the public finding out about it and there are many who are, you know, like I said, very critical of this. If you look at Dan Wolken from USA Today, he put out a column and said, the only person in the wrong place at the wrong time is Nate Oates, a coach who has proved himself unfit Tuesday to handle a real-life tragedy that has now redefined Alabama's season with the involvement of its best player now revealed. So take that for what you will. One person's opinion, but that's Dan Wolkin of USA today so we'll see again Alabama in action Wednesday night taking on South Carolina we'll see if more details of this case emerge we'll see if there was more uh, involvement than they let on but something to keep an eye on it's it's different when it's a bench player or rotational piece for Alabama than their star freshman who is one of the SEC leaders in scoring it just is it's a higher profile player so uh, we will see what happens there. All right, coming up next, here on Locked on SEC, we're going to switch gears, talk a little bit about uh, some rules, some rule changes potentially coming for college football Apparently, the NCAA thinks they need to shorten football games. Are we losing our minds here? We'll talk about that in just a second. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Uh, Today's episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time for you to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, It's safe, secure, and easy to use. You can uh, bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-pointers drained. All of it is there for you up at FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and of course, tons of college football lines up there as well, including tons of SEC games. That is at fanduel.com slash locked on. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30, Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kabotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's kabotaorangedays.com. Run along here, locked on SEC, and there's an interesting story coming out uh, on Monday. Uh, and this pertains to all college football, and I don't like it. Uh, clock rule changes may be one of the pieces of several changes college football leaders are considering as a way to shorten games and, quote, improve safety. Look, I'm, I'm all for improving safety in the game, but Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated highlighted four proposed rule changes under consideration. The non-controversial proposals include prohibiting consecutive timeouts like icing the kicker. I'm fine with that. I get that that's a waste of everybody's time, and oftentimes college kickers are going to make the kick anyway, or they just stink to begin with, and uh, there's no need to ice the kicker. I get getting rid of that. Number two, they said no longer extending a first or third quarter for an untimed down if the quarter ended on a defensive penalty. So, for instance, you ran a play and it was defensive pass interference, and the end of the first quarter happened, well, then were they going to go to an untimed down, they would just do away with that. It would just, the, that next play would carry over. It would be the start of the second quarter, and you would roll on from there. Again, no problem with that. The third proposal that is gaining a lot of support, the clock would continue to run after an offense gains a first down, except inside of two minutes and a half. I'm not on board with this one. The clock would continue to run after an offense gained a first down except inside of 2 minutes and a half. No, the whole thing about college football is that's what makes it fun. Is the clock stops when you get a first down. I understand it's it's more exciting in the final minutes of a half and, you know, that's when a team's trying to go down and score or whatever, but how much time are we, are we really saving? And then the fourth proposal, which is considered controversial as well. The clock will continue to run after an incomplete pass once the ball is spotted for play. Again, I don't know how much time we're really saving here. So, quarterback throws an incomplete pass. The clock stops. Uh, Once they spot the ball for play, the clock would start ticking. Is this really necessary? I I just wonder, like, is anyone out there really complaining that college football games are lasting too long? Oh, my God, I paid $300 for this ticket, but I was really only hoping to be here three hours, not three and a half hours. If they want to save time anywhere, stop with the long media timeouts, especially the CBS games. I know the CBS games are going away, but my God, how many times did we see in the CBS era with Brad Nestler and Gary Danielson calling games where a team would score, we'd go to commercial, we would come back, they would kick off, And then we go to commercial again. Those are the ones that you can cut down to save time. But guess what they're not going to do? They're not going to do that because that's where advertising dollars are. That's where they're running commercials. These uh, proposed rules would still need to be approved. But if passed, uh, the changes would be implemented for the 2023 season. So if passed, we'll see them next year. Many officials involved in the process expect at least a portion of the proposals to pass. That's something that did not happen last year when they went through some of these things. So, something to keep an eye on. Why are we tinkering? We don't need to tinker. Figure out more regulated rules with the NIL and stuff like that. We don't need to tinker with game clock inside of games in college football. But, apparently, NCAA says, nope, we've got to speed up some of these games. They're going too long. But uh, yeah, by all means, CBS, ESPN, take your four-minute commercial timeouts. Get all those spots in for uh, for all your uh, ads and all that kind of stuff. Again, not hating on it, just saying if we really wanted to cut down on time, that's where the time is. Not, I mean, why don't we just have a running clock the entire game? What are we talking about here? Silliness. All right, coming up next, we're going to dive more into a couple other stories going on around the SEC. Stay right here, Locked On SEC. All-State wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage... The cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate. Save money and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. One more segment here on Locked On SEC. And a few things wanted to bring up. Uh, Jimbo Fisher reportedly uh, promoting one of his defensive analysts to an on-field assistant position. Bryant Gross Armiento will reportedly uh, be an on-field assistant after serving two seasons on staff as an analyst. That's from On3 Sports. Uh, He will be the secondary coach for the Aggies, according to Football Scoop. Uh, But one other thing, Texas A&M and Texas are set to resume their rivalry once the Longhorns get into the SEC next year in 2024. And details around that game are something to watch as both athletic directors at both schools, Ross Bjork at A&M and Chris Del Conte at Texas, not exactly on the same page. In an article with The Athletic, both guys lay out their expectations on where that first game will be played. Ross Bjork says he thinks it's going to be a Kyle Field. He said, look, you look at how everything has transpired here. We got to, you know, he didn't say this Right, outright, but basically intimidating. We got to the SEC first. We've been here a decade. Uh, he said, that's something we've expressed to the SEC, and I guess we'll just leave it at that. The Aggies have not gotten any assurance from Greg Sankey or the league office that um, that's going to happen, but described it as a very, very firm position. Now, Chris Del Conte over at Texas, he said that he's heard it's a possibility they could go to Kyle Field, but he said he has not heard from any of the powers that be and said it's basically internet fodder. Two teams have not played each other. Two schools have not played each other since 2011. But uh, look, Ross Bjork says, if we got to play the Longhorns, first time in the SEC, they better be coming to Caulfield. Be interesting to see what happens. I mean, it's Texas. Are you odd man out? You're the new guy. You're the newbie. You're the new member. You got to go on the road, play Caulfield. Look, I don't care where they play. Let's just bring the rivalry back. It's a Big 12 rivalry that's got to come back to the SEC – or come to the SEC with Texas, and Texas a and both members now. Sorry. Got to play each other. Don't care if you play on the moon. We're going to play that game. Some other news going on around the conference over at LSU. Uh, wide receivers, uh, wide receiver Malik Neighbors was reportedly arrested late Monday in New Orleans on a weapons charge. Orleans Paris Jail Records show he was charged with illegal carrying of a weapon. Uh, He was released late Tuesday morning. I was told, basically, he had a gun on him and didn't have a permit for it. It's not the most atrocious crime, but it's also, dude, what are you doing? High-profile college athlete, student athlete, be smarter about things. Uh, He was a big player for LSU last year. Had a breakout sophomore season, caught over 1,000 yards and three touchdowns. We'll see if anything happens with him punishment-wise or all that, but sounds like at the end of the day, won't be a... Huge deal with Brian Kelly and the football program. Other news: Brian Kelly reportedly making a tweak to his coaching staff. According to Pete Thamel, Brian Kelly is going to move on from his special teams co- coordinator, Brian Polian. He will move into an off-field uh, position, expected to be a GM type role. With Polian focusing on the management of the roster, LSU will now be looking for a new. Special teams coordinator. Pullian has been part of Kelly's on-field coaching staff as a special teams coordinator for six seasons going back to 2017 at Notre Dame. But if you watched LSU this year, the special teams were atrocious. Just about every week they had uh, penalties and all kinds of issues, guys making mistakes and whatnot. So it was a change that had to be made, but this works out for Brian Kelly. He gets to keep Brian Pullian on his staff, gets to help out with recruiting and all that kind of stuff but they'll just find a different role for him. Some other news. Anthony Richardson uh, entered last season at Florida as one of the top prospects for the NFL draft. And his performance wasn't all that great, but some analysts really like Richardson still. Christopher Passo with CBS Sports currently has Richardson as the top pick of the draft. He has the Indianapolis Colts in this scenario trading up to the number one overall pick and taking Anthony Richardson. It's crazy to think because we heard Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, even Will Levis from Kentucky, and now Chris Trapasso bumping Anthony Richardson all the way to the top. He says that uh, he pointed to the new Colts head coach Shane Steichen wanting a quarterback that's at least a little bit like Jalen Hurts in defense of Richardson's playing style. He said, I just think at four, two 230 pounds, he's going to blow the roof off Lucas Oil Stadium at the Combine. And there's going to be such a stark difference between Anthony Richardson's physical um, and and physique and being an athletic specimen compared to Bryce Young. He said, and if you're moving up for a quarterback in this draft, I think you have to do it for a quarterback that has a big-time arm talent or big-time athleticism. And Anthony Richardson is both of those. And certainly he's just more impressive in those key areas of today's quarterback than Bryce Young. I'll disagree. I still think Bryce Young is the top quarterback in this draft. Watched every game he played at Alabama. The accuracy, the anticipatory throws. It's a better passer, hands down, than Anthony Richardson. But people are going to talk. People are going to do dumb things. And look, if Anthony Richardson goes number one overall, congrats. Best of luck to him. I just think that's not the right pick for the Colts. But we'll see. In other news, in on the baseball diamond, uh, the SEC had a nation-leading nine teams ranked in the latest D1 Baseball Top 25 poll uh, opening weekend. Went pretty well for the SEC. Ranked programs, what a combined, 23 and 4. Seven of the top ten spots in the latest rankings belong to SEC teams. LSU stood firm at number one. Stanford came in at number two. Tennessee slid to number three, so they were still top three despite going one and two over the weekend. Ole Miss came in at four. Texas A&M came in at five. Florida came in at seven. Arkansas at nine. And Vanderbilt at ten. So littered with SEC teams in the top 25 rankings for college baseball. And one more note over at Georgia, Paul Feinbaum talking on Jocks FM this week about the Mike Bobo promotion at Georgia, replacing Todd Bunkin as offensive coordinator. Feinbaum said, look, I'm somewhat surprised by the massive overreaction to this move. It's as if Kirby Smart has abandoned his stewardship of this program and thrown the keys to Mike Bobo. I understand the concern with Bobo's past. We all do. We've all followed him, and he's probably got a lot of blame that coordinators shouldn't get, but get anyway. But ultimately, I don't understand how this changes the trajectory for Georgia. Feinbaum added he doesn't understand how articles are being written that suggest the Bobo move opens the door to Nick Saban in Alabama because he's not convinced Alabama made the right choice of offensive coordinator with Tommy Reese. He said, I think fans are looking for some way to find fault for Kirby Smart, and that's exactly what's happening here. So, time's going to tell. Look, Georgia's got some of the best recruits in the country. They're back-to-back reigning national champs. Can they keep this thing going? With Will Muschamp having a heavy hand in the defense, and now Mike Bobo running the offense? You got all the talent in the world. Certainly those guys can't screw this up, right? We'll find out this year. and They have it. That is the latest going on around the conference. Thank you guys for... Making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Make sure to check out our brand-new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops all in one place. Plus, hear from some big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys later in the week right here on Locked on SEC.